Welcome to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things Scream Free. My name is John Allen Turner, and my good friend Hal Edward Runkle is right over there. Hal, how are you today? You know, you ask it that way every time. I, I try to be consistent. You, okay. We I'm, have our tagline. If, if we're like scrolling through, like yeah. trying to see which one, <laughs> which, which, which podcast is this? Which is the one where he asks Hal how he's doing today? How you doing today? How are you doing you today? Do? Uh, I I'm fantastic. Are you? I am doing fairly well. Fairly. So you you went from fantastic to fairly, fairly well, well I, pretty I quickly if somebody, there. If somebody says fantastic, I don't think they really know what that word means. So uh, so what does it mean? It's I mean when you say fantastic, it, it can mean a lot of different things. Well, it's like the word incredible. Yeah. Which literally means. It has no credibility because it's unrealistic. It can't be believed. It's, yeah, it's unbelievable. Well, that's my favorite. I, we one of the guys who helped start Scream Free uh, with me years and years ago. Uh, he's one of our central partners. His name's Dave Markert, and oh, he yeah, always says yeah. unbelievable, unbelievable. Because it can I mean, don't think that word means yeah. what you think it means. Well, he he likes it because it can mean a lot of things. It could be unbelievably bad or, or unbelievably, unbelievably good. Yeah. Unbelievable. Okay. So, so you're not fantastic. You're fairly well. I'm fairly, or well. you're somewhere in between sure. the two. Okay, sure. yeah, fair to middling. That's a Texas expression, and I don't know what it where it comes from. It's not a Texas expression. Is actually. it not? I used to think because I used is to it think a Shakespearean it, expression. What is it? It is actually. Yeah, I, 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 yes. I, I thought as soon as I said it, I thought that's well, Shakespeare. Here's why you thought it was Texan because some people say fair, fair to, to Midland, mid- Midland, Texas, which yeah. is the yeah. <laughs> which is awful. So, so it, somewhere between been, fair and awful. That's exactly. what that expression means in, when you say it that way. It is. It's exactly. <laughs> Sorry, my friends in Central Texas, or is that West? That's it's considered West Texas. West Texas. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's out of the hill country, the beautiful part of Texas. A guy who was my roommate years and years ago lives in um, Midland, Odessa, somewhere in there. Well, they're so, they're twin cities. Yeah, Midland, Odessa, and right now they are swimming in cash. Well, yeah, because this because of the fracking, oil, oil, and natural gas. They do the fracking. There. Yeah, they and it's one of the oil booms of uh, these United States. Yeah, Midland. it's happening right now. Yeah, and it's where you know the famous college football, all right, uh, high, high school, school yeah, football. Yeah, yeah, the uh, Friday Night Lights thing yeah. took place there, right? Odessa, per- per- Permian, Permian. I, I always say Permian, but it's Permian. It's the Permian Basin, is the ge- geological area. That has produced all the oil. You have just put everyone to sleep. Permian yeah. Basin. Yeah, this is Permian your. This has been your Texas history basin. moment. I was trained in with in Hal Edward hi- Runkle hypnotherapy. <laughs> <laughs> just this is a very close effective your technique eyes and think about visualize Permian the Permian Basin. basin. Now, uh, when I snap my fingers, <laughs> you, you like are a suddenly chicken. <laughs> chicken. I was just going to say chicken, and you go chicken. Why is it always the chicken that the, the, they make a act like a chicken? I, I got to tell you, it is some of the most entertaining things it I've ever really seen. Is. Every time you yeah. see one of those therapist dudes and they're making people do, do amazing crazy things. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, the hypnosis is strange. It's incredibly weird because it it, it, it it's, happens. It's, it's real. real. Yeah. Oh, I saw a girl. He did the whole stiff as a board thing. Yeah. And so this girl uh, went her whole body completely stiff and. He then took two chairs, and her feet yeah. were on one. Not her legs, okay. but yeah. her feet were on one chair. Yeah. And then her head was, was on the resting other. on the other. Not her neck, 
but just it, her head. Yeah, the, the edge of the chair was on her feet, and the edge of the other chair was on the middle of her head. Goodness gracious. And he stood on top of her. Oh, wow. I That's saw crazy. it with my own eyes. See, when, when uh, you know, oh, th- that reminds me of like a Cirque du Soleil yes. act. My, my daughter and I went to see Cirque du Soleil the other, the other night. Sure. And uh, that's the kind of thing that they do. Like they do all these crazy. Right. Some of it's super bendy stuff, but then some yeah. of it's. But it's conscious though. Yeah. They're fully awake. Oh, they're I don't amazing. Know. No, this is. And it, it, it was one of those things where you're watching it going. Because uh, I was at college when they were doing it. This guy came to the okay. auditorium, whatever, and you're watching it saying, that's fake. Or, or if that's real, uh, this can't be legal. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like someone's going to get sued. Now, in your... You're standing on her belly. In your um, uh, psychology program, your, your MFT yes. program, did, it, what, did you do any hypnotherapy stuff? We did. Nothing yeah. like that. No, no, no. Because More... they're, they're, it, they're two very different... Yeah. approaches to it because i did some yeah you know, like we did mm-hmm. some hypnotherapy things you know and trying to get people to quit smoking and trying to get yeah. you know that kind of stuff right no this this is more in terms of this uh, is a boat act i mean this yeah. is vegas stuff yeah that is this is uh what i was trained in probably what you were trained in is just getting people to a super relaxed state exactly right so you can be a little more suggestive mm-hmm. right but it's like that's the premise, and and you'll watch these uh, hypnosis guys mm-hmm. weed people out. Oh yeah, on the basis of who is more suggestible. Yes, than than other people. Yes, and and, and the one I saw, the it was interesting because he all the all the folks that he brought on stage didn't fall prey to it. Some didn't at right, all. Right, 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 right. But somebody in the audience did. So there's just some random person out well, there. He who's... called this woman up from the audience. Wow. And she was a zombie, man. It still freaks me out. It's one of those things that you know what? I'm not. I'm not a believer in the whole demonic possession right, thing. Right, right. But but in that moment, just like, when you're kind of wide open like that, that's just spooky. This can't be. I, yeah. I, I, this can't be ethical or legal or anything. I, yeah, I, mean, I don't. Is, I don't know. Yeah. It was weird. It's very strange. As it's interesting you should mention zombies. Here we are entering into the Halloween season. Yes. It's a little spooky out there. A lot of people putting up their... Do you guys decorate for uh, for Halloween? Not anymore. No. Did you... Uh, like yeah. When your kids oh, were little, yeah, did absolutely. you? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we did. Cobwebs and skeletons yeah. and all that kind and of stuff. And we lived in a neighborhood, you know, cul-de-sac with like 12 other kids for the first you know, eight yeah. years. So we were here. And sure. so, yeah, it was a big deal and trick-or-treating and all Some that people stuff. are way into it. Big well, inflatables and all that kind Don of stuff. Don Kaplan, our managing director. Is he really? Oh, man. He used to make a... Every year, he made a haunted house in his garage. Wow. I had no idea. For years and years, it was legendary. <laughs> I mean, really Legendary. Was. It didn't make it make its way over to Forsyth County, legendary, where I live. Legendary. Yeah. On his street. <laughs> it was the stuff of legend. People are... Um, uh, are weird right now with the zombies. Like zombie is crazy right now, and uh, sure. and it's Halloween, and so a lot of people are decorating. And the return, a lot of, the return the, of the Walking Dead. Return of the Walking which, Dead opened, and of course now I've you've never got. Seen it, but... You've never seen Walking Dead. No, I've never seen that's it. a, it's a fascinating show. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course now we have uh, these r- legitimate scares in the news with Ebola mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, people are weird about death. Like people are weird about macabre and scary things well, and haunted we, houses. That's why we and, like Halloween, is because, because it's play, and, and it gives us the opportunity to. Uh, it's not. It, it's it's a, it's not weird to be fascinated by it. Well, some people really love Halloween, and sure. other people Don't. really hate it. Like w- like especially in Christian circles, there are some people who are just over the top 
opposed right. to Halloween and death and scary. And here's what I don't know. I should ask some of my Muslim friends. Do they if, do they go yeah, trick or treating? Yeah, I I doubt it. It's, it started in, like in, this kind of pagan Christian. Well, it mish, was mashup, because it was, right? it was Hallow's Eve, right? Yeah, right it was before the Eve of All Saints Day, which is November first. So, and so that the night before, they would say all the spirits get all the spirits know, out exactly, all of them out because right? the High Holy Day is the tomorrow. following day. So it, it's it's like in some ways it's similar to um, Mardi Gras. Yeah. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fat Tuesday. Well, because we're all going to have to give up things and live this very Ash ascetic. Wednesday, right? Yeah. So, so let's get it all out. Eat all the fat today. Sure. So, so I don't know if other cultures do that. I don't know if Muslim people are have some like in uh, in in Mexico in Latin America they have Dios de los Muertos, sure. you know, the Day of the Dead, right? Which is a different kind of thing. And then there's Carnival in, in, uh, yeah, Brazil, in Brazil and other places as well, do so Carnival. It seems like most but cultures that's, that's have some kind of love-hate, fascination, repulsion thing going on with death and ghosts and spooky things. Yes. Yeah. And, and when we like to read about it, it's because it's the one universal. The one thing that is facing every human being that's ever born mm-hmm. is we're all going to die. And it's the... Worst thing. Yeah, because right? because no one, <laughs> you know, you don't know anyone who's been to the other side and come back. Right. There are all these books about it, too, you know, all these oh, fascinating yeah. books, you know, Lately. about the kids who have died and gone Dreamt to heaven about and come grandma back. Or, and they never yeah, met. Yeah, exactly. Or, or uh, right. you know, there are TV shows about that kind of thing. There's, oh, uh, I don't know if you've seen... Oh, th- this new show on HBO, they just wrapped up their first season, and it's basically, it's oh, like the, 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 uh, yeah, the leftovers. The leftovers. Leftovers, period. you know, so, so uh, like a, a sixth of the population or something. or something, yeah, just, just totally disappeared. Just vanished, right, like right. the rapture has yes. occurred or something like that, and the people are left behind trying to figure out what to do with themselves. Mm-hmm. We don't know, because we don't know what's on the other side of death, and because we can't sit and talk to someone who's lived through it, Right, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why we're fascinated and scared and sure. repulsed and attracted by it all at the same time. Sure, and and so we get this one time to live it up. Like uh, that, you know, here in Atlanta, there is one of the most uh, highly oh, yeah, o- yeah, yeah, awarded they, uh, yeah haunted houses. houses called Netherworld, which yes. I have never been to. Neither have I. My daughter and I were talking about that the other day. Really? That she she really wants to My go. My son's been three times, I think, wow. over the years. He's did a... you go to haunted houses when you were a kid? Oh yeah. yeah, so did I. Yeah, but they were never like this. No, this one is supposed they to were be like neighborhood. You know, oh, I went to a couple of bigger than neighborhood oh, really? ones. Growing up in Southern California, yeah, yeah. Uh, there were some production values that this people put in, into it. This one's insane, and I and we were drove we drove by on Saturday night, and saw the line. How big is the line? There you, were, I, I it looked like a thousand people in oh, that wow. parking lot. Wow, all snaked around. I mean, it, you don't go on a weekend. It is no, in, it is insane. But they do have entertainment throughout the line in the, oh, okay. in the parking lot, like streetmosphere people at yes. you know street performers or whatever. Yeah, there's a guy who uh, comes in with a chainsaw and slides on his <laughs> knees, scraping the chainsaw on, it's making sparks the whole time. And nice, just cool things like that. But okay, yeah, yeah. It, my my son's dying to go, so we we got to go. So there's the cartoony side of death, and then there's the real side of death. Yeah. You know, um, today, just a few hours ago, my favorite uncle, mm. who lives in San Diego, uh, 
died. Passed away. Passed away. Uh, and it wasn't a surprise. It wasn't a shock to anyone. We, we all, Yeah, it was cancer. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we all knew it was coming. I was hoping, as I'm supposed to be in San Diego next month, I was hoping that I would get out there and be able to see him and say goodbye and all that. But right. um, uh, my mother got got on a plane last night and flew out, and she was able, because it's her brother, right. and she was able to say her goodbyes. In fact, one of my cousins said it it, it was almost as if he was waiting for her. Yeah, sure. And shortly after she said her goodbyes, he just slipped away. Right. And then uh, uh, a few days ago, you and I went to a funeral. Of, of one of the great men I've had the privilege of knowing. Same here. He was a mentor to me. Yeah. You know, 15 years ago, he was an amazing man. Absolutely one of the best. His name is Bill Hooten, and uh, the legacy that he has left is um, is one that inspires you. It, yeah, it's, you know, it's it's that was the funeral that you would love uh, to be given for you. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's those things said about you, those quotes from you. It, it just, it. My wife was. Inspired by it, we took our kids because they had we had gotten to know them. He was an old older man. They were in their eighty eight, yeah, yeah, late eighties. He and his wife, and uh, and yeah, it was it was it was sad because it was rel- relatively sudden. He he had been failing health, but yeah, and he went and had a surgery, and then just never woke up. Right. Yeah. Right. But listening to the the people, like just they were just. Gushing. I mean, they were effusive. Yeah, effusive. And yeah. and the 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 brilliant thing about that is, it's one thing to to have that kind of an impact on your immediate family, mm-hmm. your children, your grandchildren. In their case, their great grandchildren. But the community of people around them, right? People from other states where they had lived before. People from their church. He had he and his wife had a particular place where they sat consistently like most of us you know and just the, the people who sat around him hearing all of these people tell their stories their favorite bill hooten stories I mean, it really was a, a grand tribute to right. a man who left a, a tremendous legacy and and what the legacy about him was is whenever you two met you had no doubt about what was on his mind. Yeah. You were on his mind. That He had this amazing ability to make you feel like you were the most important person right. in the world. For those brief moments yeah. that you were talking, he was not distracted. Was never looking over your shoulder. Never. He was absolutely interested. Yeah, laser and, focused on you. And could remember things about you and ask those things about you. It was it was just uncanny how he could do that with everybody because everybody had the same yeah. experience. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's what I thought, you know. It's like the it's like the the kid who thinks, "Well, I'm mom's favorite," and every kid thinks Yeah, that, exactly. Right? Because she's able to be that interested. And it is um you know, it, you wonder, okay, so so that guy was eighty eight. Mm-hmm. That kind of mark that he left on the world, yeah. it doesn't doesn't happen overnight. It's not like no. he woke up one day and decided I th- I'm going to be that guy. Yeah. It was just consistent, like like small deposits made consistently over time have this cumulative effect. And it was just a, this is how I'm going to choose to live my life, not in a global sense, but in a small daily choices yeah. sense, right? 
I'm going to choose to be interested. Yeah. I'm going to choose to be curious. Right. And I'm going to choose to to try to understand you before I try to get you to understand me. Because Bill, apparently, I mean, I had no idea Bill was such a gifted writer. Yeah, neither did I. Had such an expansive vocabulary. Yeah, they read from his... He had he'd written travel articles travel for the logs. Kansas City yeah. Star. I mean, right. this guy had had uh, traveled the world and had written about it in journals and logs and all sorts of articles and and things of that sort. I I never knew that about him. No, me either. But they read parts of it, and it was beautiful. Yeah, was the, the way he was able to arrange word and and make word pictures of it in describing. He they read this thing about Portofino, Italy, you know, on the Riviera, yeah. and his yeah. description of it was, was, was magnificent. It, it, you you know, it's so cliche, but you felt like you were there, experiencing it alongside him, which is obviously the goal of travel writing. But right. Yeah, it, uh, it was it was interesting, and it just got me thinking about that whole perspective. Uh, I think uh, Don McLaughlin, uh, one of my mentors, he was he's the minister of that church, and he in his eulogy said this, and he's told me this before, but he said, look, there's two kinds of people. There's people when you encounter them in a room, right? They yeah. say, here I am. Or you encounter them in a room and they say, there you are. And that's what Bill was like. Yeah. I can't wait to talk to you about you. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm writing a, I'm writing a book for my daughter. And you and I've talked about yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's going to... More gonna, or less. Yes. I want to turn it into... calling in, it I more wanna, or less. I want to turn it into a book because I'm writing... And it's a, one of those graduation books that you hand out, but it's going to be... So you have a hard deadline on that one. Yeah, i got to get it yeah. to her before May, right? <laughs> well, well, we'll see if she graduates. <laughs> no, but i got to get it to her before May, because I, or actually before August, because I want to give it to her before she goes off to college. But uh, it's just a simp- It's called More or Less with a question mark. Mm. And it's something like the small choices, the small daily choices that make the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. Because that's what life comes down to, is the small, Little daily, in, yeah. habitual choices that we make. And it's not either-or choices. That's why I call it more or less, because it's like the first one is respond more, react less. Mm. Right? Sure. Be more responsive, which is the heart of Scream Free. Be thoughtful, deliberate. Right. There's a difference between responding and reacting. Yes. Reacting is kind of knee-jerk. It's kind of instinctual. It's And responsive is thoughtful, thoughtful. and purposeful and intentional. Exactly. So, you know, uh, who's the guy? Zig Ziglar used to tell this example about that. He said, look, the doctor comes to you and says, your body is responding to treatment. That's good. That's good news. That's a good thing. He comes to you and says, your body is reacting to the medicine. That's bad That's news. That's bad news. Yeah. Right? And that illustrates it quite easily. Respond more, react less. This doesn't mean don't react. There are times when you want to be have spontaneous reaction. Yeah. Right? And that can be fight or flight. Yeah. You know, get out of there. It can also be excitement when someone announces good news. Yeah. You know, I'm getting married. Yay. You know, that's a reaction. I'm having a baby. Yay. Right. Sure. Yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. So, but oh, over the arc of your life or the arc of your day... Respond more. Think through. How do I want to be? Uh, so I actually and become it. less reactive. Yes. And yeah. so another one is produce more, consume less. Yeah. And that's a huge thing for our world. Because we're all based on consumption. Exactly. Right? That's, that's our whole economy. And I talk about how it, basically our whole economy is basically Pac-Man. It's, Just, it's built on... Gotta eat more, more, gobble, more, gobble, more, gobble. more, 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 And think about it. It came out in the 80s. Yeah, which is which the perfect time. Perfect yeah, baby boomers and all that. Of yeah. all the incredible, unprecedented consumption in the 1980s when Reagan deregulated everything and mm-hmm. we're all living it up, right? And so it's chomp, 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 chomp. And 
what's interesting is he's chomping after prizes, but he never stops. No, you can't ever you stop. Can't ever stop. You have to keep going. Because, but look, he's also he's not only chomping; he's being chased. Yeah. And what's he being chased by? Ghosts. 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 Ghosts Death. of resentment. Yeah. Ghosts of of mortality. Ghosts of your parents' expectations. Ghosts, ghosts of your past of, regret, you know, shame, all of that. Exactly. Yeah. I, I never sure. thought about Pac Man yeah. as this beautiful metaphor for metaphor. what's wrong with our society right, right now. But yeah, because. That's so different than had that game been made in the 40s, it would have been like Rosie Riveter, and she wouldn't have been gobbling things up. She would have been laying things down, Yeah, right? Planting yeah. things. Yeah. But if you had Pac-Man doing that, it would look like he's pooping the whole time. <laughs> so, so I don't think you could have that in the game. No, probably not. Right, right. But it's these small choices that, you know what, produce more. But it's easy. It's easy to eat a meal that somebody else prepared for you. Sure. It's harder to cook something, but... You're so much more satisfied when you think about a meal. You're going to cook it. Like, I'm doing a special chili tonight that I've never done before. Because okay. it's rainy and cold sure, outside. Sure, yeah, yeah. Finally, it's chilly weather. So I can do my normal chili, right? But I want to... Do something different. Yeah, yeah sure. Some different vegetables. Some yeah, different Annabelle, my, my oldest, mm-hmm. is uh, is in a culinary program at her high school. Yeah, it's so you know, cool. It's yeah. really fascinating the way yeah. they do that. And, uh, and she really is interested in expanding her palate and trying new things. Right. But we also... We talked the other night about possibly let's just go find a cookbook. Yeah. And let's just cook our way through this cookbook. Sure. Let's learn some new things. Sure. You know, I know how to cook pretty well, but I can learn some new stuff too. So let's let's figure that stuff out. Just start flipping through just, and put yeah. the finger down. Exactly. That's well, how you used to do sermons when you preached, right? Just <laughs> that's right. Just flip <laughs> through the Bible and put your finger down. Put your finger down. I'm going to preach oh, out of Jude geez. today. <laughs> Leviticus. Oh, Numbers 20. <laughs> but I think, um, it, going back to Bill and the legacy that Bill left, yeah. nobody said, you know, what Bill loved to do was shop. Right. What Bill loved to do was spend money mm-hmm. on you. What Bill loved... He he produced things. He wrote things, articles. Yes, he built and, businesses. He built businesses, right. and, and he, he built people. The family built him up. Because yeah, the I'm using him as an example because I was writing this week the next chapter in this little book. Oh yeah, and yeah. It's yeah. be more interested, be less interesting. And that let's let me think about that for a second because sure. that's the quest for a lot of people. How can I be more interesting? Right. How can I get more people to look at me? Yes. So what is a clever picture I can post or a, a funny thought that I can tweet or... Well, speaking of death and that, right, uh, just reading an article right now about a nurse who just was arrested in Italy. Italian nurse. Allegedly killing 38 of her patients. What? Because she found the patient or their, either the patient or the police have said this. She found either the patient or the relatives annoying. So, so she's a serial killer her, of she, annoying people. She's been called the angel of death. And she's a 42-year-old resident of the Italian town of Lugo. She was taken in custody this past weekend wow. because a 78-year-old patient of hers died from an injection of potassium. Huh. Uh-huh. 38 people? According to the New York Post, Calderoni, that's her, uh, that yeah. was, no, that was yeah. the victim, Okay, departed unexpectedly after being admitted to the hospital with a routine illness. Testing revealed the patient passed away with a high level of potassium. Potassium. Da, 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 da. So that bit them on. Da, 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 da. So the deal is she took, she. but here's the deal. 
Gosh. As she was murdering them, or before, she um, she would take selfies with them. Oh my. Huh. That's kind of macabre. It's a little. It's interesting. Yeah, we. I need to do some more investigating to see how real this show, this this thing is. But um, wow, that's huh. Taking selfies with them. Selfies with the dead. See, I, I find them annoying, right? So I'm, so I'm going, going to... to make them make me look more interesting. It's hmm. So yeah, I'm sorry. I'm disturbed by this story. This is very haunting. Oh well, yeah, this is quite awful. That is. This is quite awful, right? So. Uh, that, that's the thing about, you know, the selfies, which we've all been a selfie generation and we always are, we always will be right. Because it's a natural human impulse when you see a picture and you're in it to look at you. That's where your, your eyes are automatically drawn to. Right. And that's not entirely bad. No. You do want to. I want to check what my breath smells like. I want to check, (laughs) you know, I I want to know if I'm offensively odored. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I want to know if I have something in my teeth. I want to know. And what do we preach at Scream Free? Look at yourself first. Now. Exactly. But that is not with the intent of getting other people to look at you. Sometimes. That's a different thing. Yeah. People have accused what we've said in Scream Free of being narcissistic, right? Because you're saying look at yourself. Like, looking at myself so that I can represent my best self to you is not narcissism. That's it. Getting other people to focus on me, that is narcissism. See, what I want to do is I, I actually want to uh, leave a legacy that mm. that uh, creates a better world in the future. Yeah. And I know in order to have that kind of an impact, to change the world for the better in the future, I have to be me at my best. True. So I have to be aware of how I'm doing at any given time. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a means to an end. The focus on yourself stuff isn't just so that you can... Not to the end. It's not yeah, the exactly. end. that's not the end. Right. And I'll tell you one of the hardest ways for, this, for, for us to do this is it is so difficult to not want to talk about our kids. Yeah. And when someone tells you a story about their kids... All I'm thinking is, shut up so I can tell you about mine. I want to find an ancillary yep. story yep. That, that I can preferably relate, kind of one-ups That yours. does one-up yep. in some way, maybe. Yeah. Or at least is equal to. It's... Yeah, it is. It's we, just in us. It's, it's right underneath the surface. It is something that if we are not watching, if we're not careful of, then we will fall prey to this about you know, making ourselves look more interesting yeah. because our kids are doing X, Y, and Z. But this whole kind of uh, obsession and repulsion and love-hate relationship we have with our own mortality mm. is one of the things that causes us to have such weird relationships with our teenagers. Mm. Because the fact that our teenagers are growing up yes. means they need us less, Yes, means we are one step closer to obsolescence, Yes. Means we're one step closer to death. To the grave. Yes. The grave. And I think that's one of the reasons why we want to keep our kids young as long as possible. Sure. Sure. You okay over there? What nah, are you doing? I'm just trying to poke see yeah, how you, deep I can put my finger in my eye. Is your eye going to come out of it? You want to see it? I can no, make I it don't. happen. Because that's gross. It'll, it'll be it, Halloweenish. Please. <laughs> Do this whole podcast with one of with my eyeballs, one eye hanging just out. hanging out by the nerve. Oh, <laughs> How's that image? For That's you? awful. Uh-huh. That's awful. Uh huh. But I would be, even then, 
looking at you with that eye. <laughs> I would not want you. You would not be saying, look at me. No. My I, eye I is coming be, out my of my eye would, socket. Because I'd want to get closer to seeing you. Wow. I could hold it you, closer <laughs> with you my You learned fingers. the lessons of Bill Hooten well. Exactly. That's what he would want. <laughs> be so willing to get to know the other person. That, that you would be willing to take your own eye out. Absolutely. If it would get you, you that a, much an inch and a half closer to the other person. But think wrong of, well, with you? But think of the peripheral vision, though. <laughs> what is wrong with you? It's Halloween. It is. It's yeah, Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a couple not, of weeks. It's not there yet. A couple I'm, of weeks. I'm but, getting getting in the mood. Are you? Yeah. But I mean, it has been a a week of that. We went to the funeral. Your uncle died. My wife's uncle just passed oh, away right. on yeah. Monday yeah. or Sunday night. Uh, it is it, it is on our mind and and. And, you know, um, I know you haven't necessarily struggled with it personally, but I know your wife mm. has had cancer, you know, a couple of cancer scares. Yep. And that causes you to think about things. I've recently had some health scare concerns stuff of my own with mm-hmm. my throat and all that. And I go to the doctor Friday, you know, and I don't know what he's going to tell me. Uh, you know, we're just waiting to get test results back and stuff like that. And it's hard do you have a playlist picked out for for any of the possibilities? Well, <laughs> you, you, I don't. You, you got to have a playlist picked out, right? I the, the really difficult thing is that uh, that I have to go from that mm-hmm. to our calm and connected retreat, the highlight of our year. Yes, and um, which coincidentally enough is held at the Legacy Lodge. Uh, yes, talking about legacy, talking about legacy. and sure. so uh, I have shared with you and John that uh, depending upon what the doctor says, mm. I may show up drunk. I yeah, don't exactly. know, um, I, so I don't have a playlist. You got to click the playlist, man. I, I, so if it's bad news, you got you know Phantom <laughs> of the Opera playing first, right? Or oh, no, what you got to yeah. have is the first song from uh, Les Misérables. Oh, look God. down. Yeah, look seriously. Down. Yeah. Don't look them in the eye. Are you done? I can go the whole. <laughs> I can go the whole soundtrack, baby. I can't wait to hear you sing. There's a castle on a cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, my it's, falsetto's not good. Anymore. It's difficult for it not to be. You get to be our age, and we're not ancient, but we are kind of at halftime. Yes. And you you start to. You you either at this point in time you either run away from your mortality, which mm. I think leads people to do crazy things. You well, know? I mean, you see it. You see it with. Uh, I see it at like my wife's always in charge of homecoming. Yeah. At, at the school she teaches at, and the you know you see the hoochie mama dresses <laughs> that have to be turned away and sent home. <laughs> the and, hoochie you know, mama hoochie mommy, dresses. Hoochie mama dresses, and it is it is rare when you don't see. When you see the mother, yeah, it's rare when yeah. it doesn't make sense. Yeah, <laughs> when the girl shows up in the hoochie mama, mama dress, and, the and mother, you go, "Where is your mother?" Oh, there she. There oh, that she makes is. sense. Okay, yeah, I the, get the it now. Paint, the painted on jeans. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, with studs all over the rear, saying, "Look at yeah. my rear." And you're 48 years old. I, it doesn't. The guys, it, you know, I mean, the stereotypical yeah. kind of midlife crisis where you're buying a convertible sure. and you're, you know, going through that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, because you, you either run away from your mortality or you kind of lean into it and you say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm at halftime. Well, I'm at halftime and I'm having to lean into it cause I'm in the trainer's room yeah. in, in the yeah. locker room during halftime, right? I'm getting surgery here and surgery there and all sorts of Here a surgery, stuff. there a surgery, <laughs> everywhere a Everywhere, surgery. yeah. So, so how do you make that shift and, and really lean into the fact that I am mortal and I am going to die at some point in time. Probably mm-hmm. not, you know, for another 30, 40 years. Sure. 
Depend on what the doctor tells me Friday. I'll let you guys oh, know you, next you week. You may have a week. I'm, yeah, exactly. He may, you know, come in and, sorry, you, you're not going to live till you get to your car. You're like, you, you yeah, know. it's not, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there, yeah. Is there anybody you need to call? <laughs> Do you right. have someone to drive you home? Right now. They're going to need to drive you right to a to funeral the, to home. To the morgue. Right. Yes. Just go straight to it. Put it on your I, phone, on your GPS, because you're not going to need that phone anymore. I don't think that's going to happen. You don't happen. think that's going to happen? I don't think so. But if so, I want all our listeners to know that there will be a job opening <laughs> to run this podcast. So... And obviously, on... if John can do it as sick and frail as he yeah, is, exactly. then it'll be easy for you. Yes. I don't think that's going to happen. Odds are I'm going to live another 30, 40 years. You guys can send me a resume anyways. Pal at ScreamFree.com. You have more metal in your body, I so do. you you I, could fall apart at any time. I am. You don't have a ton of room to talk uh, over there. Every step of the way, yeah. Odds are we're going to live another 30 or 40 years. Yes. So what do we do now? What are some of those small decisions, like we were talking yeah. about earlier, that a guy like Bill Hooten makes on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. that, that get you to that place where... People are as effusive over your, you at your funeral as they were at Bill's. Mm-hmm. One thing that they talked about at his funeral, which was fascinating, is just sometime this year, during a church service, the minister asked them to gather around with people sitting around them to talk about a certain issue. Yeah, so essentially the guy is up preaching and he says, I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to turn to the three or four, Mm -hmm. five people around you. I want you guys to discuss this question. Here it is. Yes, and so spend 10 minutes or whatever going around and talking. And it was like, what are you afraid of? Yeah, something something along those lines. Something like that. And so what happened was Bill, again, he's 88 years old. Yeah. So he's turning and he's engaged, right? And he gives his answer. And he has a community of people who sit consistently near sure. him, and he knows them all by name. And and one of the couples, I mean, he and his wife are in their late 80s. They're with a couple that's in their mid-20s. Yeah. Right? It's, it's really a cool moment. Think and about this, another... though, before you, you move on. Yeah. Bill Hooten knew, at 88, knew the names of the people who consistently sit near him at church. And my guess is... There are some of our podcast listeners who can't name their next door neighbors or even their children. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's what's cool about that is they were talking about that uh, one of the couples that did sit near them at church. Yeah, in their mid twenties, they went on double dates together. Yeah, this couple in their mid twenties going on a double date with this couple in their mid eighties, and they did it often, late eighties. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. So cool. But so what Bill, happened? Bill so answers Bill, this question. Well, he answers the question, and they all answer the question. And then he goes home, and he reflects. And he gets to the place where he decides he doesn't like his answer. I wish I had answered differently. So he writes each of them a three-page letter <laughs> stating up to them that he apologizes, he's thought about his answer, and he doesn't like his answer. And so he would like to answer it again and gives a more thoughtful response. Now, again, most people in most churches cannot tell you... We're recording this on Tuesday. Yeah. Most people in most churches cannot tell you what last Sunday's sermon was about. Bill went home and thought about it so much mm-hmm. that he ended up writing a three-page and, you response. Know, and whatever he's reflecting on, it's, yeah. it's, it doesn't matter. It, it's the idea... The thoughtfulness yeah. with which he lived his life. Yes. 
the fact that he didn't go to just sit in a room and hear somebody talk so that, it, you know, it, yeah. it wasn't just filling time for Bill. He engaged with whatever that speaker was saying and with whatever the people around him were discussing. He was, he was so engaged in that. Well, he cared enough about them also to not just let the moment go. He, he, uh, it's a lot of people of... would have said, oh, I wish I'd answered differently. Sure. What's the score on a Falcons game? Sure. But he takes that time. He, he is that thoughtful and that engaged. Right. And that's one of the choices we have to make. How thoughtful are we going to be? And that, I believe, is what makes somebody responsible. That's a word that we use a lot. And but, I, I actually talked about yeah. it in, this, in that chapter on respond more, react less I, to my daughter, and I'm telling her, this is actually what it means to be response-able. The origin of the word itself. Able to make a response. And I, and I think I put in there something... I've slept since I wrote it a few days ago, so <laughs> forgive me. But I think I put in there something about how you've heard responsible your whole life, be responsible, you need to learn to be responsible. And what that connotes is do what you're supposed to do. Right, a sense of duty, a sense of... That's what yeah. it means to be responsible, is do the right thing. Do what you're told, do what you're supposed to do, and then you'll be responsible. And that's not true responsibility at all. Right. That's a reaction. That's obedience. Yeah. And that's a reaction. Yeah. Right? That, that's not even thought-filled obedience. That is thoughtless. Yeah. Obligation. obligation. It's obligatory. It's all obedience. this stuff that we end up doing, not because we've thought about it and we've chosen to do it, mm. but because someone handed us something and we thought, well, now I have to hold on to this pen. It's following a script that we didn't write. And 40 years later, I'm still holding on to this pen thinking, sure. why am I holding on to this pen? Because somebody handed it to me 40 years ago? That's right. dumb. Right. I haven't thought about it enough to know I don't want to do that. Right. Right. And that's one of the biggest things is helping our kids get to the place where I want you to feel capable of mm -hmm. making a response. That's what I mean by response-able. You are able to respond to this situation. So I care much more about you choosing to do something the actual act of choosing it and owning the choice than I do even about the choice that you make. Which is why one of the controversial principles that we've put in this new um, material that we're teaching for parents of teenagers mm -hmm. is that making bad choices is often better than making no choices at all. Right. And of course, we get a lot of blowback on that. What do you know? You know what do you mm -hmm. mean? People, because don't you know they can make some terrible choices that would scar them yes. and screw up their lives forever? They can. Yes. There's nothing we can do to eliminate that. Right, we we can childproof our homes and babyproof our homes. Wrap everybody in bubble wrap and make everything out of Nerf. And I know a buddy that a uh, good friend of mine, and somehow, even though they're babyproofed home, somehow when their child was two years old, hit his head somewhere in the house. Don't know where. Don't know where. They didn't see it happen. He didn't even have an immediate injury to it. Mm. And he is still about two years old mentally. He's fifteen mm. years old. Right. You can baby-proof yeah, yeah. all you want. That we would love to eliminate the possibility of anything happening, and yet we live in a world where... With thorns and rocks and hard and sharp edges Ebola and, and Ebola, yeah. And, and, uh, and murdering nurses. And planes right? fall out of the sky periodically, yeah. and even when they don't, 
you could still be walking down the street and get does that mean we bus? do nothing? Of course not. But no. it does mean that we want to give our kids more and more choices. Now, this doesn't mean endless choices. No. Right. But it means give them the chance to be thoughtful. My Your, your kid comes, can I go spend the night? All right. Well, let's think. What do you have the next day? I've got this, yeah. this, this. I've got a baseball game at 8 in the morning or 9 in the morning. Okay. So what do you think would make you able to do both? Enjoy the time with your friend and do the, all you need to do yeah. to be a game. Would spending the night be able to enable you to do that, or would be right staying to a certain time, ten o'clock, and I'll come pick you up? I, or... I, I want to think you to think through it. And sometimes I'm just going to say, you know what, you choose. You choose that one. Yeah, you get to choose, and let's see how you feel. In the now, morning. sometimes there's not the capability of choosing right. because I can't take you. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I can't drive you. I can't pick you up. I can't whatever. And you're so, ten, so yeah. you know. <laughs> there you have it. Yeah. But I want to increase their thoughtfulness, and that can't happen if I'm telling them what to do and think and want all the time. And what we also want to do, we, we, because we all know we're going to die, right? And it's usually not until we're faced with that, until you get the diagnosis sure. from the doctor, that you start to think, crap, I got all this stuff that I want to do, and I haven't ever done it. I'm going to go jump out of an airplane, and I want to go to South America, and I want right, to, right, you know, right. we... We don't begin living until we really know that we're dying. Mm. And we want to raise the next generation of adults to have that adventurous spirit, to not wait until it's so late that they begin living these lives. You want them to live like they're dying? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I guess. You know, you know, yes. And I know it's cliche, and I know it's, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. I, it's cliche and as yet, heck, and yet. Stereotypes and cliches no, have, a, they don't they arise have, out of a vacuum. No, they have a basis in truth, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And that's why I enjoy taking my kid to that funeral. Yeah. Right, my kids, they, they knew them, we, they'd been... Bill and Jan have been to our house. We've been out to eat with them multiple times with our kids. They were interested in our kids. They knew that my son played baseball. They knew that my um, daughter uh, was a senior and graduate. Mm -hmm. They knew these things about them because, again, they were interested. That is one of the things that I think a lot of people our age are missing out on, especially our kids are missing out on, because so many of us, you know, what if you grew up in a community where your grandparents were close, mm -hmm. or if you grew up going to church or to a synagogue that was multi generational or something like that? Now everything is so segregated by age. The church that my daughters attend, I don't think there's anyone over about fifty there. Mm. That church has no funerals, mm. you know, unless there's some tragic event, and there have been a few of those over sure. the last couple of years. Sure. But for the most part, they're, they, don't, they don't get to experience that kind of intergenerational community right. that I think is so important for us to cultivate. Especially if they haven't encountered older people mm -hmm. who are that interested in them. Right. right? Who are genuinely curious about them. Not... Um, Come over here and let me tell you how it was in the olden days. Complaining. Yeah, you kids think you have it hard, but let me tell you what hard was. Let right. me tell you about the Depression. Let me tell you about growing up in... I don't want to be that guy. I don't... Yeah. Would you punch me in the face <laughs> if I start to turn into that guy? It's I, easy to do. Oh, and I know oh. you and I both 
struggle sometimes with cynicism. Yes. Because we've seen, and because, you know, you as a therapist and me in ministry, we've seen so much brokenness and so much heartache and so much judgmentalism and so much whatever. It's easy to get cynical. And, And I think when you give in to cynicism, that's what starts you walking down that path to becoming that old curmudgeon. And also because when you're cynicism, you already know, it's like you're living with the cloud of certainty, and the only thing you're certain about is death. Yeah. And so you live with that cloud over you all the time, and so you are certain how things are going to turn out. You are certain that things are going to be exposed as full of hypocrisy Mm -hmm. and inconsistencies. So you're certain of those outcomes, and so you just kind of resign yourself. Yeah. I like so, that term, yeah. because you're, you might as well be resigning in life. It's, yeah, it's, there's you a... are literally just taking up space, mm. waiting to die. Yeah. Because you have some assumption that, well, when I die, it'll all get better. So let's just hurry this up. Or at least, hurry this along. At least it then can't get worse. Just Yeah, exactly. Let's right. just grit our teeth and bear it, and eventually we'll die, and this will all be over. Mm. The thing, I, One of the things about Bill, Bill had plans. Yeah. Like Bill died mm-hmm. with plans. Yes. He was planning trips. He was planning, he had projects right. that he was working on right. when he died. Mm-hmm. He wasn't just, well, I'm 88. I've had a good run. I'll just sit here and watch the prices right until oh, the Grim Reaper don't, comes don't and knocks be, on the door. Don't let me be that guy either. No. Again, punch me in the face. Yeah. Good night. To not give in to bitterness and cynicism. Just watching the local news all Oh, my goodness. And now here's the bad news. They might as well just start that way. Yeah, they do. Be afraid, be afraid, be afraid. Good night. They prey on that fear. Our alert because the next raindrop that hits you. Coming up at six. Yeah. How you might be dying. Yeah. It's what's in your medicine cabinet could kill you yeah, that's right. by the end of the day. Tune in at 11. Could the very air in your house be killing you? Details at 11. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> to give in to that kind of cynicism, to, to just literally, like you mm-hmm. said, resign yourself to, well, I'm just going to sit down now and sit in the rocking chair and wait for the Grim Reaper to show up. I'll distract myself by watching Walker Texas Ranger reruns or whatever until mm, until Norris. that happens. Chuck Norris reference, and, yes. and yeah, and I, I'm sure it's a fine show, but uh-huh. you know what I'm saying. To just distract myself, consume more until I am finally done with this place. I don't live while you're alive, or just be interested. Yeah, I think that's that's part of being alive, though. Yeah, just be interested. Being interested and curious and continue to learn and grow. Because if and, you're interested, if I'm interested, then I'm not certain. That's good right there. That's good to remember. Because I, I, yeah. I, I grow tired. I, I grow tired of certain people. Yeah, what was the... Yeah, yeah. Was, is the, it Mark Twain or no, no, Rick was, Riley? Rick Riley. Rick Riley. Writers yeah, those, yeah. those who travel less are certain more. Yeah. And it just, or the level of certainty you have about things is related to the amount of travel. Travel, because people who travel, generally speaking, are curious and are learning about other cultures and want to be. I got a, I got a friend. She lives in Memphis, and she's always, uh, 
He's always making friends with people who don't speak the same language. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw a quote like that recently about, you know, you should make friends with somebody who speaks another language and grew up in a different country and voted for a different party and practices a different religion. Expose yourself to, again, just be curious. Yeah. I'm curious what this chili thing is going to turn out to be. Yeah. Right? I'm curious what cookbook my daughter is going to select for us to work our way through. Instead of, I'm certain what would happen if we went to Wendy's and ate their chili. Yeah. I would burn my row because it's the hottest <laughs> it's, substance on earth. I don't know how it stays it's the, in liquid form without turning into a gas. It's so well, eventually, yes. Ooh, what happened? Is my microphone still on over there? Yeah. Okay. It, my it headset just, went out. Oh, it sparked. Okay, yeah. Are you out now? Uh, my microphone is. Or, or I'm sorry, my headset no, is. I but hear you, you can hear me? Oh, okay. yeah. All right. But it sparked when you said something. It sparked? Not literally? like literally. Okay, it all right. Sounds, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a sound okay. spark. All right. It was a literal uh, yeah. sound spark. What I was I was making a joke that uh, eventually the Wendy's chili does turn into gas. That was the joke, see? And then, see, then see, it caused see, my whole headset to short after, out. After it travels through certain <laughs> human canals. Yeah. Okay, so to land this whole plane, being that relentless sense of curiosity, that what Einstein called that holy curiosity never lose that holy curiosity right yeah his his whole statement was i i am not extremely gifted i'm just passionately curious passionately curious yeah that's a big that's like a that's a big bold statement and that was that was bill hooten he was a a couple of people said at his funeral he was the most well-read person they ever met wow because you're curious well, thanks for listening to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things Scream Free. Two guys trying to figure out how to calm down so that we can grow up, so that we can get closer to the people who matter most. We'll talk to you more next week.